Hey guys, welcome to Upbeat. I'm your host, Parker Kane. Thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. And if you would, please hit the follow button, follow the podcast wherever it is you're listening to it right now. That is much appreciated. Uh, this is going to be a pretty fun episode. I'm here actually with my mom, Linda. Mom, say hi. Hi. Are you excited to be here? I'm super excited. <laughs> We're already laughing and we haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> This is going to be a twist uh, for Upbeat, something very different than we've done before. Uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to have my mom on the show and take your questions. So I've been talking to patrons uh, and listeners to the show on social media, getting some questions that you'd like to know about me. So today, my mom's going to be exposing some things that you probably don't know. If anyone's going to answer these kinds of questions, it's a good thing that it's my mom because she knows me more than anybody else, of course, because she's mom. Uh, and also, I've been raised pretty much just by her. We didn't have a father in the home for the majority of our life. So my mom knows me very, very well. So this is going to be pretty fun. Hopefully not too embarrassing. If it is embarrassing, then this is going to be quite the humbling experience for me to put this out publicly for all of you to listen to. Uh, but mom, before we jump in, just share with the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do and give them a feel of kind of who mom is. Oh, I'd love to. Okay. So yeah, like Parker said, I, I got the privilege actually of raising both of my kids pretty much mostly on my own. Um, that happened when they were 10 and eight. And so it's been quite a ride for our family, wouldn't you say, Park? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, I am, a, I, I manage a dental office. That's what I do for a job. And I'm also a dental consultant on the side. So I travel around a lot and I help people in their practices. Um, really, I don't have a life. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now that the kids are all grown up, I just kind of do my thing. I have two cute, cute, cute little puppies right now that keep me super busy. Uh, believe it or not, Park, they both came from the same mom but have completely separate dads. I don't even know how that works, but it worked. So I have a Australian Shepherd Border Collie dog named Piper, and I have an Australian Shepherd Poodle dog named Coco, and they are super fun, so that's what keeps me busy now. And we might even hear them in this episode. We might. <laughs> <laughs> Barking. Oh, right as I said that, they barked. There's people walking by. <laughs> Hi, guys. All right. Well, now that we got the dogs figured out, Mom, what do you say we dive into some questions? Sounds good. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I me, hope I can do it. <laughs> me too. I mean, you're answering, but these are about me and probably embarrassing things about me. So <laughs> well, it'll be fun. I am nervous too. Um, a listener asked... All of these are from listeners, but what was Parker like as a little kid? Oh my gosh, how little should I go? Okay, so Parker was born. He was six pounds, nine ounces, 18 inches long. He was a little teeny tiny thing. He was not a great sleeper. This kid, I would have to sleep on the floor next to him while he slept. And then as soon as I would get up and try to sneak out of the room, he would wake up with these great big giant brown eyes and curly blonde hair. It was so funny. Um, but as a kid, Park, you were really um, just a really good kid. You used to try to pull your teeth out with your shirt. Thank you, Grandpa. You used to, uh, you were just really sweet. You played lots of sports. You tried anyway. <laughs> you learned very young that you were not really so much of an athlete, that you were more into the arts and stuff pretty young. You danced a lot as a kid. You... Um, did all kinds of dance. Like you were in competitive dance. Yeah. You were just a really fun, cute kid. 
who were the biggest inspirations for Parker growing up? Boy, I would say, honestly, I remember so well when he was like nine years old, I I got him a VHS tape that was NSYNC because we had seen the concert. Didn't we just see a concert on TV of NSYNC performing and Justin Timberlake watched, walked out uh, beatboxing and you liked that so much. So I remember, I think it was for Christmas or maybe your birthday, I bought you that VHS tape. And you loved Justin Timberlake and his beatboxing. And you literally wore out that VHS tape trying to learn how to do what he did. So I'm going to say Justin Timberlake. And at the time, too, it wasn't just beatboxing. I was learning all their dances, too. Yeah, <laughs> you were. <laughs> what do you think was Parker's biggest life-changing moment? Oh, I think I got this one down pat. I think it was when you went on your mission. I think that was probably your biggest life-changing moment because you were like this really compassionate, kind, very patient, very loving, like just grown up beyond your years the whole time you were growing up. And then you went on your mission and you came home and I don't know, you were a changed person when you got home from your mission, I think. How so? <laughs> Angry, upset <laughs> at the world. <laughs> You kind of had a chip on your shoulder when you got home. You you just had a whole different mindset when you got home and and you all of a sudden had a very strong opinion and you had a plan. You you had your own thoughts and they were your thoughts and they were serious thoughts. Much more determined. Yeah, oh, very much so. Yeah, I think so for anyone who's listening who might not know what a mission is, uh we're members of a church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and I think it's 18-year-olds now can go, right? Yeah. But when I went, you had to be 19 to go on a mission and you go serve your church and serve the Lord for two years and try to teach the gospel to people. Uh, and most people, I would say, have a really phenomenally amazing experience doing that. And my experience was much different due to all kinds of reasons. That could be a whole other podcast episode worth of stuff. Uh, but it wasn't the greatest experience, but it was eye-opening, and I did learn a lot about myself, and I came back, like my mom said, from those two years with my own thoughts, my own opinions. I was determined, and I was very motivated to go live life kind of my own way on my own terms. And before the mission, I was kind of a pushover. <laughs> and just you were. You were very sweet. You were just very... Yeah, whatever. You are very agreeable. You would do kind of anything. You never wanted to make a wave. And now I'm sweet, but I don't mind making waves. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. I could say that. You don't think I'm sweet. <laughs> you have sweet moments. Lots of them. What three words would you use to describe Parker? I would say kind. I would say hilarious. And I would say determined kind, I think you're always, you kind of have like this way of communicating that makes people realize that you could look at things a different way and, and maybe a better way. Um, hilarious. You're super funny. If any it, people that get to know you, like you're quieter at first, but when people get to know you and you get more comfortable, you are just so stinking funny. Um, and then I think determined you have been since you first started this beatboxing thing, but really even since high school, just super tunnel vision, man. You could see the goal. You could see what you wanted to do and almost couldn't see anything else. You know what I mean? You were just so determined on that, that very thing. Yeah. And also on the mission, going back to that, one thing that really did help me uh, was I took a 
personality test, which I'm not usually for those because I think it's a little bit misleading sometimes and can ultimately block you and limit people from seeing what else they can do because they put themselves in a box to, according to that test. But that test specifically, I think it was called the Gallup Strengths Assessment. Yeah. It's like a $50 test or something like that. I would definitely encourage people to take it and just see what happens because it was pretty life-changing for me because I I think that test told me I was tunnel-visioned <laughs> and I didn't realize it before until I saw it on that paper. But it gives you your top 40 strengths and it highlights specifically your top five strengths and gives you uh, like an in-depth paragraph about each one. Mm-hmm. And my top five strengths are communication, winning others over, focus, futuristic, and includer. Yeah. And so I would say the focus and being futuristic is what makes me so goal-oriented and so focused in the tunnel toward the future. Right. Well, and if I could add a fourth word, I think you're just super creative. You know, you think things that other people don't think. Do you know what I mean? And you just get these ideas and you got to go on with those ideas. And I think that's actually what's pushing you forward right now. Well, and you took the that same personality test, if you want to share what yours were. Oh, gosh, if I can remember. Yeah, mine are, I did take that test just here a few years ago. My number one is positivity. My number two is encourager. My number three is developer. My number four is winning others over. And my number five is empathy. And I think that suits me really well in the work that I do. What do you wish Parker would just know and understand about himself that he has a hard time believing? I wish Parker would know that he is capable of so much more. You know, I wish he would realize, I wish you would realize that you just have so much that you're capable of doing. And I think sometimes you don't trust it. You know what I mean? You just need to take a leap. So another listener asked, what has been the most enjoyable part for you watching Parker grow up? Oh my gosh, it's been so fun watching him go from thing to thing to thing. Just that natural development. I mean, as a kid, he he was so funny as a little kid. I, I hope we ask some other questions so I can answer some of these other things, but I have things I want to say about you, Parker. But I That's I, not necessarily comforting. <laughs> it's good though. It's so funny. But you were you know, first you started out just with the most bubbly, stinking personality. You would show up at school and man, you would just chuck your backpack against the school and you'd run out to the field and you'd play with all your friends. And you were just a really fun, fun, fun loving kid. And and then you got super into dance and you you guys, you have no idea how cute it was to watch him dance to every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man. <laughs> I still love that song. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. And he did like he did a hip hop number with a big old wig on and tap shoes. <laughs> it, was... it was the funky town. Yeah, funky Won't town. Take me to <laughs> funky, funky town. town. <laughs> it was so funny. Like watching all of that and then watching him play football. <laughs> watching him play football was just a whole different experience, I think, watching you do that. He's, you're just always, we're so nice. And I couldn't imagine you being on the offensive line. 
<laughs> yeah, they wanted me to push people. I know, and you just weren't like that, so it's understandable why that didn't really fit. I but... mean, I was good at it to an extent because of how big I was. Yeah, but I was not <laughs> good in the in the mindset arena because I didn't have a desire to do that. No, no, but you tried it, and I gave you credit for that because you always tried things and finished them, but learned quickly when it wasn't for you, you know, whether it was soccer or whatever you played. Um, But then watching you in one act at the school, you know, in the plays and stuff, you were really, really into that. And through band and marching band and being a drum major, like it's just been so fun to watch your journey, um, being a lifeguard and sinking. (laughs) Sinking or floating. Did you sink or did you float? I don't, I can't sink. That's right. You can't sink, so you would float, so you could never so, really teach them the rescue missions. Every single Tuesday, we'd have in-service meetings where we would practice rescues. Oh, that's and when, what it was. when I was the person who was supposed to be rescued, I couldn't sink. <laughs> I just would sit at the top, and I'd be the easy one, and they'd all want to rescue me because oh, got it. they didn't have to dive 13 feet down to pick yeah. me up. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But there was that and the lifeguarding that you did. And then there was, um, you know, just high school and and doing your beatbox battles and all that kind of stuff and performing at the fairs and doing all of those kinds of things. Like, it's just been so fun to watch your journey. So another listener asked, how bad was Parker at beatboxing when he first started? Oh, my gosh. Spit all over my house. <laughs> That's what it was. I would get in trouble for trying. <laughs> but, well, I didn't know when you were nine and ten years old that this was going to be something that you would do. This chubby glasses wearing kid. And he's <laughs> when when my website is up, which hopefully will be you know a week or two after this after this episode airs, hopefully even sooner. But the website, guys, is parkercane.co.co. If you go there now, it's going to look really crappy because it's my old website that I built and did a terrible job at. But there's going to be some new stuff there. And when it's up, you can go look on the about page and there's going to be pictures of what I looked like <laughs> when I started. And I was a goofy looking chubby white kid in glasses yeah. trying to, you know, beatbox and be all hip hop. Yeah, it was funny. But you sat in front of the computer, that big old computer that we had, and you watched videos and you would, I remember it, you'd sit there and you'd put the square on that guy and you'd listen to what he did and then you'd sit there and you'd try, 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 try. And you worked really hard. That's one thing that I don't know your listeners know is just how hard you worked at learning how to do each new sound, the top hat, the high hat, the cymbal, the whatever they're all called. You had a name for all of them. <laughs> the toms, the dubstep. Yeah, you had a whole, there was, I remember it was like the Brady Brunch Cube and there was all these pictures of, and you would practice yeah. all those different sounds over and over and over again. Well, and a big reason why I did that too, it wasn't even necessarily to teach my, myself the sounds, but how to teach myself how to do them all at the same time. Because a lot of what my mom's talking about, you know, those videos where they where they do like a, a cover song, but it's just one person and they loop themselves and they record different takes of themselves doing different sounds to ultimately have a whole song by themselves. And I wanted to not have to loop myself. Right. I wanted to know how to do 
all of those sounds by myself without putting myself in 12 different squares. And what I don't think most people know is even humanly possible is Parker can do this weird thing like circular breathe. He doesn't even have to breathe in outside air. He just... (laughs) I could just puff up and breathe what's inside of me. He just takes it in and starts going and his fingers are popping up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And he's adding new sounds. And I'm thinking, when is this kid going to take a breath? And he's just breathing his own stuff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) There's some illusion there. Kind of like how a magician, you know, they've got their way of doing things that seem so easy to them, but just we're blinded to it. Yeah. And a lot of the noises that I make, they're actually taking a breath in. Yeah, um, we just don't just, see it. Yeah, people just don't recognize that. But yeah. Like the zipper noise, the... that That's a huge... Just, <gasps> <laughs> this one, I'm sure uh, you can tell who asked this question, but this one is, what is Parker's social security number? Uh, yeah, I'm not telling anybody <laughs> that. <laughs> I do know it, oddly enough, but I'm not going to tell anybody. What was the most embarrassing thing that Parker did as a kid, tripping on stairs, mispronouncing words, etc.? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I remember. Let's make sure it's appropriate, because I know we have some stories that are that would probably be kind of controversial. Oh, my gosh. I remember one time they were... Him and his sister, Haley, were taking their baths at night, and they'd play. They'd been outside all day, and they were in taking their baths, and... As a family, we always really loved music, and at that time, Shania Twain was a really big one, and we were listening to, to we were listening to music in the living room. And Parker came down the hall after taking his bath, and <laughs> he literally had his towel wrapped around his waist, and he came out and he just flashed his hand up in the air and said, "Man, I feel like a woman." <laughs> Oh my gosh, I busted and got laughing. I'm like, no, you don't, Parker. No, you don't. You're not a girl. You're not a girl. (laughs) And even that is probably pretty controversial today. (laughs) It is, but boy, back then. Maybe you should have just let me run with it. (laughs) Oh, it was so funny. (laughs) What did Parker want to be when he grew up before he discovered beatboxing? Um, I think you went through the normal like policeman and you were always really um, a big fan of the Denver Broncos. So for a long time, when you were a little, little boy, um, you wanted to be a Denver Bronco. But it was when you were in like, I think after lifeguarding started in ninth grade. I mean, at that time you beatbox, but you didn't think you were going to do it for your life, you know, but you in ninth grade, you really wanted to become a nurse. Or like a health, what is it, a, a pilot? A life flight nurse. Yeah, yeah. life flight nurse. You really wanted to do that. Which I could never do that because I don't have the eyes for it. You have to have like 20-20 vision. And I was also too big. Even height, I mean, I'm too big chubby-wise, but I even was too tall to... Yeah, to do the life flight part of it. So then I think you went the direction of maybe like nurse anesthetist. Mm-hmm. You thought that for a while. And then when you went to school, yeah, that was not your niche. It, it was not good for you when you went to school and tried to take those classes. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't think I wanted to be a cop really, but I remember playing uh, cars on yeah, the cars car mat and, and I was always wanting to be the ambulance, yeah. which would fuel my beatboxing too because I was attracted to the ambulance, but I also wanted 
to make the like noise with it and just drive the car yeah. everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Which one of Parker's high school friends did you hate the most having over? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Parker had some pretty interesting friends in high school, but there was this one kid. Man, this kid, every time he came over, he did something that was weird. <laughs> this property one, damage. Property damage. He <laughs> literally, the kids had a car. It was a Dodge Stratus, and that was their high school car, and it had a sunroof. And this kid crawled all over Parker's car and up on top of his car and broke his sunroof, and we couldn't get it fixed, and so it literally leaked rainwater inside the car. I don't know. He just was destructive. <laughs> and he and another person drove through our lawn and broke broke our sprinklers. Oh yeah, that's true. Same kid, very destructive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I I know the person who has who asked this question and what I told him was, well, it wasn't necessarily a friend we had over. It was just a friend who knew where I lived. <laughs> yeah, and when he came, <laughs> destruction followed. <laughs> yes. Did Parker ever get in trouble with the police? Mm. <laughs> Not that you know of. Not that I'm aware of. He just got in a car accident once when you pulled out from our side street. That mm -hmm. was the only time police were ever involved in your life that I'm aware of. Yeah. Is there something you need to tell me? No, not really anything with the police. I think there was one time at Seaside where I shot fireworks on a beach where I wasn't supposed to. Oh, and the police came? And, and the police said... were coming, but we ran. <laughs> And they didn't catch us. So, Do you know what memory I have of you with Seaside? Can I interject here? Yeah. I have the memory of you at Seaside and you went out looking for um, shells and stuff. And Oh, this is a terrible story. And you were walking along the beach and pretty soon all of a sudden Parker was gone. <laughs> he just went down in this great big hole and it was clear full of crabs. And he just sunk down in this giant hole right there on the beach. <laughs> it was clear full of crabs, like so scary. I had them clinging onto me when you guys pulled me out of yeah, the hole. so scary. So I don't know who thinks it's just so fun to go to the beach and dig these big, massive holes. But just know that that's incredibly dangerous when the tide comes up. <laughs> And you're out there peacefully walking, looking for sand dollars. And the hole was clear full of all that ocean water because the tide had come up. Oh, and my little <laughs> crappy phone was broken. And then my wallet was ruined. Yeah, it was bad all the way around. But how scary. I mean, you were just walking along and then pretty soon you were just gone. Well, wasn't I the one talking to you? Yes. I was the one talking to you guys. And all of a sudden I just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> If you both had a rap battle, who would win? Oh, definitely Parker. The only thing I know how to do is... That's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> what is the nicest thing Parker has ever done for you or said to you? Oh, you know, I think the thing that touches my heart probably the most because... Our life has been kind of hard. You know, being a single mom and raising two kids is is really no no walk in the park. It's kind of hard. Especially during 2007 and 8. Yeah. that During that little recession. Yeah, those were tough years for sure. But I think the biggest thing that, that hits me, and it's sort of an annual thing, is every year at, at Father's Day, um, he would post things like on social media and talk about me being both mom and dad, and that kind of always gets my heart a little bit when he talks about things like that. 
Um, and then recently he did a podcast that, um, you know, he talked about me a little bit and that was pretty touching. I barely made it through that podcast. So I think just his kind words when, when he's reflective and he's thinking about things, he says some really, really thoughtful, kind things. I can think of one time that you always go back to. What? When I came home from a long shift as a CNA. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Parker and I have always actually been really close. And um, I think that's why when he got home from his mission and he was a kind of a twit, I didn't get along with him so well. And that was sort of hard. But when he was in high school, he worked as a CNA, which is if anybody's ever worked as a CNA, that's a really, really hard. I've done it. Hard job. I did it for six years. Uh, and CNA is certified nursing assistant. Yeah. And he came home, I'll never forget, he was like 16 or 17 years old. I know I think you were like 17. And you came home and he would usually, when he got home at night, he'd come in and wake me up and let me know he was home. At that time, I was like working, what, two or three jobs? And it was kind of crazy. But he would come in and let me know he was home. And he this one night, he said, he kind of tried to sit beside me on the bed. And so I slid over and he cozied up next to me sitting there on the bed. And he said, Mom... I saw the hardest thing today. I saw this lady and she, nobody was respecting the woman that she was. You know, she was like you. She was a soccer mom and she was the one that had the orange slices in the gallon size Ziploc baggie and, you know, taking the car full of kids, the van full of kids to the game and just, you know, she's lived a life and she should be respected. And somebody just left her up in that lift sitting in her own crap tonight. And, and you know that you didn't know about it and you had gone and seen it and how you took care of her and cleaned everything up and was really there for her. And you said, and I'm going to hold you to this, Parker. <laughs> you said, <laughs> you said that it, you cried and you just said that was so wrong and that no one deserved to be treated like that. And then you said, I will never let that happen to you. And if you ever get to that point, you're going to, you can be with me. <laughs> I'm watching your face right now, and I don't know if you still believe that way, but I'm sort of holding you to that. <laughs> As a 16, 17, 18-year-old, I probably wasn't thinking of the financial burden it would be. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, overall, I mean, I worked in some pretty bad uh, nursing homes and assisted living centers. And for a lot of those people, it was the last last leg of the race. And it was like their family just gave up on them and I hated that. And so I was just, for my grandparents and for my mom, I just was like, I can't ever let them be in a nursing home. But if if they ever really did need a nursing home and I couldn't do it anymore, then uh, I'm going to hopefully be wealthy enough to get them into one that's not going to treat them like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What did Parker get in trouble most for when he was a kid? <laughs> I don't know if I can say this thing, but I remember it used to make me so, so mad when you would say, F it. <laughs> Wow. You are a F it. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Don't say that, Parker. <laughs> so he got in trouble for that. And he also How old was I when I started saying that? <laughs> I feel like the I feel like the the nineties and the early two thousands were just so different than they are now from now. Cause that was like saying stupid, you know. Yeah. It, I didn't think of it as anything else other yeah. than that. But I was probably like ten or eleven when I started saying that. You were probably no, I think we were in Pocatello, so you would have been like twelve years old. 
I would say, honestly, you said that from like 12 to maybe 15, those eight, that, that time frame. <laughs> Am I allowed to have that word not bleeped? <laughs> I don't know. But you said it. <laughs> you did all the time. And I would get so mad. And I think I would even get sad and cry. <laughs> like it was really, it was really hard for me. So yeah, you got in trouble for that. <laughs> it's probably when I went and wrote down the list of things that I'm sorry for. <laughs> oh, that was super funny. Can I tell your listeners about that? Yeah. Okay. So I was uh, doing some training in a dental office. I'm a dental consultant on the side. And um, I was in an office here in Idaho and I went in and I was sitting in the meeting and this was just real recently. I was sitting in the meeting and I was writing notes. You know, I, I'm observing the team and I'm writing down notes, things that I want to make sure that I train them on. And then the next day we were in a team meeting and I'm kind of taking some notes in the team meeting and I'm thinking, gosh, I need another page. I turned my page in my notebook and I realized I grabbed a notebook from a blast from the past. <laughs> and it had Parker's little tiny cursive writing. Gosh, what did it say? Like, I will not tell mom to shut up. I will not. <laughs> you had like written a list of five things. That I you... will make sure mom is happy even though I feel like crap. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You It was like a list of five different things that you wrote. And then you drew a line and you wrote them again more properly. <laughs> In the right order. In the right order. Yeah. You had re reorganized the order. And then he had pictures of like hitmen and ninjas and guns. <laughs> That's one thing you used to do all the time. Parker always had um, drawing books. He always had blank page drawing books, spiral bound drawing books in the in our living room. There was like a basket, remember? And it was full of all of your drawing books. Well, yeah, I just, when you guys would get home and watch TV at night, yeah. I would listen to the TV and right. be working on drawing stuff the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you drew all the time and you drew like dogs, you drew break dancers. You drew a lot of break dancers. Sharks, horses. Sharks, horses, but mostly it was break dancers and it was some army and men. Beatboxers. I would draw kind of like what I wished I was doing. A beatbox battle is kind of what you would do. You'd put like two guys going against each other kind of thing. Yeah. What do you think prompted Parker to start his podcast? Oh, I think that came a little bit by divine design, to be honest with you. I think that he had a moment while he was on his mission that he had a real serious conversation with the Lord, really, about what do I do about this beatboxing? Is it just a thing or is it something I need to use in my adult life? And he got the very distinct answer that he needed to pursue it, you know, the beatboxing. Well, then he had a really serious operation that he had to have done. What year was that? 20, 2018? 2018, yeah. 2018, February 2018, March 2018, February. And he had um, like his tonsils removed. He had his adenoids both repaired and corrected in both sides of his nose. The he had his deviated uvula. septums. Yep, deviated septums. He had his uvula basically cut completely off. That little wiggly thing in your throat is gone. Um, and they widened the opening of his esophagus down where it meets your stomach and they dilated that and opened that up. And that was a really scary time because we didn't know if Parker was going to beatbox anymore. You know, we didn't know how that would affect him. And um, but I think before that, even he really was just drawn to um, speaking. He started speaking on, you know, did a TEDx talk or two and he um, would 
speak and perform, be like a keynote speaker at the Stevens Performing Arts Center for youth. And I, I think this was like a challenge, wasn't it? Wasn't it a challenge that you thought, could I do this and could I be committed to this process? And you wanted something upbeat, something positive. Yeah, so basically that surgery was going, like we didn't know if I'd be able to beatbox again. And if I could, we didn't know if I'd be able to beatbox at the same level as I was doing again. And I didn't even know if I could sing at the same level that I sing at. Mm -hmm. And so far, that's true. I can sing and I can beatbox, but I cannot do it what I used to do it. Right. And so I'm limited on the noises that I can make and limited on the notes that I can reach. And so I wanted to kind of double down on the more motivational speaking side of things. But I also knew there was like a four to six month recovery to where I couldn't go perform on stage. And so I was like, well, what's something that I can do to essentially still be able to beatbox, still be able to speak to people, but not have to have booked gigs all the time? And this was a cool opportunity that you thought, if I could do this, I could meet so many different people and I could have something like podcasting was just a space that wasn't super big yet. And you were feeling like if I could get into this and I could learn the craft before it explodes, before it explodes, yeah, that I could maybe do this. And and really, it's been incredible. Yeah, it's been a huge networking thing. I just looked recently and I've interviewed like over 50 people in the last year and a half. but. What's crazy about that is like 40 of them or 38 of them or some number like that were people that I did not know who they were before the podcast. Mm -hmm. So when I first started, I kind of interviewed people in my circle, but then it just blew up and uh, I started meeting all kinds of people and getting people referred to me all the time who are people that I didn't know before having the podcast. So it's building my network, which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, you said that you thought I wanted it to be upbeat, which is true. And that's how I got the name was I wanted it to be positive and motivational, which upbeat pretty much means that. But I also wanted it to make sense with what I do with beatboxing and Mm -hmm. stuff. So that's just the perfect name. Uh, And the, the only reason I called it upbeat with Parker Kane, I really wanted it to be the upbeat podcast or... Up, even just upbeat, but there are actually already, uh, I guess, names and domain names and all stuff, all the stuff like that of podcasts that already exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, are people who kind of started years ago and then didn't do it for very long, but right. I wanted mine to be specific to me and that people know it's going to be there every single Monday. Right. Yeah. Who is Parker's favorite superhero? Jeez, I don't know. Cause I'll I give you a hint. Captain America? No, that's yours, and that's because you think he's cute. I do think he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. I have a top three. Superman. Nope. Um, and, Spider-Man. And one of them is my profile picture on Disney+, Plus, which is the one you just guessed, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. So I like... Because Iron- he's Peter Parker. Yeah, he's Peter Parker, and... For those of you who don't know my dad's name, my dad's name is Peter and my name is Parker. And so that was always kind of the cool thing, yeah. The joke, um, the cool thing, yeah. So Peter Parker. So Spider Man's kind of there by default. But I do love Spider Man. I do love Iron Man. And I do love Ant Man. Oh, Ant Man. I was going to say Ant Man. Yeah. Those are the, those are my top three. If I had to pick an all time, though, I think I'd pick 
Iron Man. Iron Man. Who do you think Parker would dream to have on his podcast? Oh, gosh. I would have to say Gary V because I don't know if you listen to his podcast, you hear him reference Gary Vanderchuk like so much. And I know his all-time idol in music is Ryan Tedder. So I'm going to guess Gary V and Ryan Tedder. Yes, that would be right. I would <laughs> die if I could have those two on my podcast. My life would be made. How long did Parker pursue hip-hop dancing? Oh, okay, let's see. You started dance when you were um, like six years old, and you did hip-hop dancing for four years, so from six until you were 10, basically for four years. It was actually not just hip-hop, like you did hip-hop. Parker's key signature move was he could do the freeze. Remember, you would spin on your head and then freeze up there in that position? Mm-hmm. He was really good at that. Um, but Parker, what you guys might not know is that Parker was in a lot of different forms of dance at the at the Backstage Pass Dance Center in um, Greeley, Colorado. And we had some great friends that, that owned that. And um, Parker actually danced in hip-hop. He did jazz. He did lyrical. And he did ballet. And he did group uh, group performances. So he had five different areas that he danced in. And he was good. He was really good. Remember when you did Aaron Carter's I Want Candy? <laughs> yeah. But I remember the, the whole new world from oh, Aladdin. Yeah, you did. The contemporary. Yeah, contemporary dance. Contemporary and hip hop are my two favorites probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think I also did tumbling. Oh, yes, you did do tumbling. That wasn't part of dance, but yes, you did that do tumbling. Was that before dance? Oh, yeah. You were like three when you did tumbling. And I got That's how I got the nickname Paco. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a whole nother story. Okay, so when Parker was three years old, he took tumbling class and his normal tumbling teacher this one day was not there. So they had like this this teenage girl that was handling the class while the instructors were gone at a, at a gymnastics meet. Well, Parker was down there and these little three-year-olds were doing their tumbling exercises and this girl was going, good job, Paco, good job, Paco. And he's like, my name is Paco. And she'd say, Okay. Good job, Paco. <laughs> Good job, Paco. And Parker got so mad. And I was up in the viewing section up above. So I yelled down there and I said, his name is Parker. And so he's getting kind of mad because you're calling him Paco. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. So then she started calling you Parker all the time. But that day driving home in the car, it was so funny because you were just so confused why she was doing that. And I said, Parker, you need to learn to say your R's. So the whole way home that day, we were like, your name is Parker. <laughs> and you would just practice Parker. But you were like, Pow, Co. <laughs> and eventually you got those R's because that day kind of scarred you. How does Parker deal with his stress? Um, He goes for drives. Parker likes to go for drives and he likes to listen to music. He kind of likes to be alone, go for drives, and listen to music. And he will sing at the top of his lungs, and he will he will harmonize like nobody else. That kid knows music like I don't know many people do. And he finds hidden harmonies and just the coolest ways to blend the music. And he just yells it at the top of his lungs alone in his car. Am I right? Yeah. What type of girl do you see Parker ending up with? Um, Probably different than Parker sees himself ending up with. (laughs) 
I think Parker will marry a very patient, very kind, and probably very driven girl. Somebody who has her own ideas that um, might not be that, oh, I have all these top 10 qualities. I think that she will be a beautiful, wonderful person that just has a strong mind, a strong will, and has her own things that she's into as well. Yep. And it doesn't matter what. I just like it when people have drive right. and passion. Right. Exactly. Everybody thinks you want like the perfect girl that's perfectly this or perfectly that. And I don't think that's true. I think you're just looking for someone that has their own their own ideas, that has their own mind and is willing to do the things that they love to do as well. Mm-hmm. I would say that's pretty close, mm-hmm. pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. What's Parker's best personality trait? Um, best. It kind of goes back to that three-word thing, I guess. I know. I would say that you you have a certain sense of calm to you, really. I, I think that you just kind of, that inclusive thing that's in your top five strengths, like and the winning others over thing, you have a natural ability to just kind of fit in wherever you are. And I think that's a good talent. You can get along with old people just as well as you can get along with little tiny kids, just as long as you can get along with young married people. I mean, you can kind of get along with anyone. When did you first realize that Parker had a real talent for communication and beatboxing? So those are two things that I've pursued, communication and beatboxing. Well, beatboxing, I would say when I realized that he had a real talent, it would probably have been in high school when he was doing some of his uh, beatboxing battles. And when he started to roll out like the, the dubstep part, that part, that part, <laughs> I think, is when I started to, when the first time I heard that, you know what I mean? Because in fairness, when you were first learning, you kind of did the same things over and over again because you were just first learning. And then as you started adding more layers, it got more and more fun. But when you introduced the drub step and when you introduced that, that part where you go really up high, um, those are when I think I realized that it was really good. And like when you were going to the fairs and you were um, like the whole color guard team or something was bringing signs for you. You know what I mean? And you were like so much better in the competition than anything else that was in the competition. Kind of hit me how good you were at that. And communication, I don't think the communication thing hit me until maybe in the last few years, you know, as things would get kind of hard or as maybe there were some hard situations, his ability to even though you do get really boom fast, you still can, when you let yourself calm down, you you get really good at communicating. And I've told you that a lot. Yeah, it was probably 2015-ish because mm-hmm. that's when my whole world changed from nursing to boom, viral video. I'm going to pursue beatboxing right. and speaking and other things. I switched my major to communication. My favorite class was interpersonal communication and learning how to uh get deeper with people in conversations than just the surface level. Hey, how's it going? Right, right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. What was Parker super picky about as a little kid? Oh my gosh. Parker, when he was little, he thought everything was chicken. And so everything that we ate, he would say, I don't like that kind of chicken. (laughs) And then we'd make something else. And he was always really willing to try 
um, really willing to try different kinds of like fish. He likes fish and he would try alligator and frog or he would try octopus or whatever. And he would say, mm, I don't like that kind of chicken. <laughs> try something else. I don't like that kind of chicken. I well, like that kind of chicken. <laughs> I probably like it now. <laughs> you just, I don't like that kind of chicken. It was funny. Well, the one I was thinking of was that I don't like to be wet. Oh, yeah, he didn't. When I when the kids were tiny, when Parker was really little, he used to, I'll never forget grandma, <laughs> grandma, mom, when you listen to this, I'm really sorry. But when Parker was really little, grandma would come to visit, my mother would come to visit and Parker had temper tantrums when he was three years old, just horrible temple tantrums. They were so bad. And the only way I could calm him down, and it was it was like a shock to your system. I would take you into the kitchen counter or the bathroom counter. I was probably torture. I was I had those little two or three ounce cups, four ounce cups that were by both sinks. And you know, I read, I read in books and stuff because back then you didn't really look things up online. And so I, re- I remember reading in books and stuff things that you can do to snap your kids out of a um, temper tantrum. And I would take Parker in, sit him down on the counter, put like a centimeter of water in the bottom of the cup, and I'd splash it right in his face, like super close to his face, just get it all in his face, and he would stop crying like literally like this Parker I'm sorry but this is how it was you'd be screaming and you'd go look what you look what you did you got me all wet (laughs) well at least you're not mad anymore huh honey let's go get you dried up and we'd go change your clothes and you would be just happy as could be well still to this day I don't like to be wet (laughs) I don't like sprinklers I don't like when, I mean, I love the rain, but I don't like being out in the rain. Oh, man. I and love it. It's a miracle how much I love showers, but <laughs> I, for the most part, don't like to be a little bit wet. I like to either be fully immersed or not. You were funny. You would just really, it would just shock your world and you'd be like, oh my gosh, now look what you did. And you'd have a whole new problem. You were wet instead of the problem you were having. At what moment were you the most proud of Parker? Oh, I don't know that you can, as a mom, you can't define there was one moment you were proud of your kid. There's lots of different times that you're proud of your kid. I think it was probably, I I just can't pick one. So I'll pick a couple that are big deal ones to me. I think when he came home from his, his mission, I knew how hard that mission was for him. And I think when he came home and he looked so thankful to be home, you know, but he had did it. He did it. He stuck to it and he did it. The other time that I think I was beyond super proud of you was when, well, both of you kids really, when you and Haley did that cover of, um, see you again. No, that, that Adele song. Um, hello. No, the one you did at BYU that you had the electric oh, guitar. Skyfall. Skyfall. You did Skyfall. And it was at BYU's campus, BYU-Idaho. And we had sat through the Battle of the Bands, and you were second to last. You weren't last. You were one right before last. And I was perched up there at my spot so I could get, like, the perfect recording of you guys. And there were some bands. <laughs> they were, they tried. And it was entertaining, but you, Ouch. but you guys got up there, and oh my gosh, I kid you not, it was it was like it turned from day to night. It was just an absolute change, and the electric guitar came in, 
And the piano came in, and Haley was singing, and it was so dang good. Her voice, it was just incredible. And then all of a sudden, Parker came out with a roar. <laughs> it was just so... Yeah, you came out like that. And the whole entire, like, the, the, the stands were clapping at Haley because her voice at that time was just outrageously good. And she sounds like Adele. She sounds like Adele. I mean, it was so good. And the electric guitar and the piano were really good. But then you came out, and I just had shivers all over my whole body. And I kept thinking, be calm, be calm. You're holding this camera. you got to hold it still. But it was super good. So I was super proud of you at that moment, too. Well, and audibly, it was pretty cool because the crowd erupted. They did. Like, they, they just, were listening really intently. To Haley. As everything was kind of building up. Uh-huh. But when that moment happened, it was... It was chaos. I mean, everybody was jumping up and down, and the volume in the room was times 500. And and I thought, that's my kid. Those are my two kids, you know? Like, it was just cool. What is the quirkiest thing about Parker? Um, I think it's actually proven to be a pretty cool thing about Parker, but we didn't know it back in the day when we were, I think we talked about this maybe on the Christmas episode, but we've always been a pretty goofy kind of family, you know, when it came to music and to build little little um, things that we did together. Little jam sessions. Little jam sessions, yeah. But I remember every time we were in the car, you know, it's a common thing for us when we go on a long road trip, we would usually stop through McDonald's like once. You know what I mean? That was like our splurge time to do that. And we'd get sodas. Like I never had soda at home, remember? But we would get a pop at McDonald's at Coke. McDonald's pop. Yeah, exactly. And McDonald's is different than all the other fast food places and their straws are a little thicker, right? Their fries are skinnier, their, their straws Coke are thicker. <laughs> well, I don't really love Coke, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> but you would always beatbox in that dang straw. And it would always sounded kind of cool because you would bring it up and down and it would you would beatbox in the straw. And, and people don't know this about you, but you've done that since you were probably 10 or 11 years old. You have beatboxed in a straw, and it just so happened to ignite for you when you were in college. At a very random time in my life. Yeah, really, <laughs> exactly. But you've been doing that a very long time. This is the this is the last one from you listeners. What drives Parker absolutely crazy? When I talk too much. <laughs> the question is, what doesn't anymore? Because I used to be really, really patient, like she said, but... 
one thing. And this is why I have this podcast. You know, I try to say it all the time that I'm not like some expert trying to teach you guys how to live life. Like I obviously want to help you guys, but I also do this very much so for myself and for my own sanity. And so I can learn and try to be better because one thing I really, really struggle with now is patience and tolerance and a lot of things can kind of drive me crazy these days. He just, he, you're so funny, Parker, because, you know, you can be hanging out with Parker and everything's really good. And he'll just be watching a TV show and go, man, that just, that just ticks me off. And I'm like, what, what, what have you happened? I'm watching a TV show. Well, they just completely proved their point wrong. They just totally told us about something we're not even supposed to know about yet. <laughs> or did you see that, that, that cup is on the counter and there wasn't a cup there before? Or did he's, his attention to detail is so crazy good. And he just has like this, I don't know if you guys know this, but when he edits his podcast, when he's getting his website ready to go, which watch out for his website when it comes, because his website is so freaking cool. But the attention to detail that this kid has is just off the charts. He is such an absolute perfectionist. But what he has to remember is that it's okay to lighten up because it's not everybody else is that perfect. And people don't notice. Yeah, people don't notice that kind of stuff. They don't notice the film scenes, and I'll notice it, and it'll piss me off for the day. (laughs) You'll just look over at him. He's shaking his head. He's just all in all disgust, and you're like, geez, light up, just watch the TV show. But the good thing is, is if I refer you, or or if if I suggest a movie for you, or a song for you, or an article for you, and I'm saying this to my mom, but also to anyone listening. If you get something from me where I'm saying, hey, go check this out, you can trust that it's probably at least decent Yeah, because yeah. I've already given it a thorough look <laughs> and it's good. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the that's the end of the questions. Is there any anything else we should cover in this episode, mom? I don't know. I just think, man, I just hope things turn out really, really good for you, Park. I see you work so hard and I see you put so much effort into everything that you do. And I think your payoff is just so coming due. You need to get it soon. It's the 1% rule that David <laughs> Meltzer talked talked about on the podcast is the only really people who don't win are the people who give up. That's right. You, you just, never, ever give up. You just got to keep going. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. This is super fun. I feel like it's a really cool podcast and I've always wanted to be on it. So thanks for letting me come and be on it with you. Yeah. Well, and we'll have to do it in a better location when you have your house. (laughs) Yeah. If you guys could just see our setup here, it's a little bit of a joke, but I hope (laughs) it works out okay. Yeah. You work with what you have, but she's, she's getting a new house here soon and we can record episodes there. Yeah. It's going to be way better. Yeah. Thank goodness the dogs didn't bark anymore. I know, right? They're they're probably sound asleep outside. Probably. Well, thanks for being on the episode, Mom. Thanks for raising me. Thanks for teaching me to not give up and for being willing to answer all these weird questions from, from the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I love you and I'm proud of you. Love you too. And to everyone listening, I love you. And thanks for listening to the episode. If you would, please follow the podcast wherever it is you're listening to it right now. And of course, connect with me on social media, parkercane.co or upbeatpod. Mom, do you want them to know where you're at at all? <laughs> no, I'm good. 
<laughs> Parker knows how to find me. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. It means a lot. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave an upbeat review uh, and share this episode with a friend or share your favorite episodes with friends and family. That means a lot to me. I appreciate all the support from you guys. I'll see you next week.